0: Hello listeners. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to more Morgulons. I'm your host, Crystal Clear. I want to share with you a couple of stories today. One of them is about Dr. Susan Kolb, a plastic surgeon in the Atlanta, Georgia area, who now claims to be gang-stalked. Um, and, uh, there's also another story about a relationship between a patient, a young patient, and her physicians who didn't believe her when she uh, expressed some unusual symptoms for her. Um, there's so many parallels out there to the experiences of people with gloves. And for that matter, I guess for the experiences of people that are uh, considered to be targeted individuals, uh, just not being believed, what does that mean? What does that, how does that affect us? And um, the answer is uh, not well. <laughs> uh, but it does help when you understand that you're not the only one. So stay tuned, more stories. Uh, we're all alone in this together. Thanks for listening. Check it out. We're not all health experts, but we're self-experts. This to this story writer. I heard on the radio she today. She was in her
1: early 20s when she started having some very strange symptoms. And everywhere she turned, she was told it was anxiety, exhaustion, or really nothing. Sound familiar, She was ready to give up. But her mom wasn't having it. I went on a blind date, okay, Cupid, I think. He was your typical finance bro, crew cut, one of those fleece vests. We ordered appetizers. My head was throbbing like crazy.
0: Okay, so she's on this date. She's got this terrible headache. Long story short, her mom and her are like super close. Um, mom picks her up from the date and mom says...
2: She didn't look good at all and she had a horrible, horrible headache. I mean, like bad, bad headache. And so you know, I think we gave her some aspirin, but she I mean, she was sick. I was 22 at the time,
1: living with my mom
2: in Aurora, Colorado. Just about to start my first job as a high school teacher. I just kind of brushed it off as, oh, well, she's doing it again. She's just not taking care of herself and she's going in 5,000 directions, which has been an issue. But then things got worse.
1: About a week in, I got sick on my way to school and had to pull over on the side of the road to throw up.
2: Mom took me to urgent care that day. They said, oh, it's vertigo. And so they, I think they, they said, just get some over the counter Dramamine, you know, something. Dramamine, you know, that stuff you take when you're car sick.
1: Well, I took that and that's not helping. Next up is my primary care doctor. Mom came along to that appointment too. There they said that it had something to do with fluid
2: in my ears. I needed to see a specialist. Mom got crafty, because that's what the doctor's saying, is the ears. And we can't get into a specialist, so I'm going to fix this myself.
1: Here we go. So mom decided to get me on the family inversion table and had my older sister flip me upside down for about 10 minutes to get the supposedly blocked fluid out of my ears. It was the weirdest feeling. It was like all of my guts felt like they were like in my head, like not in a normal way. so terribly sick after that first flip, I can't even tell you. I couldn't move my head without puking. My sister rushed me to the nearest ER. I felt like my stomach was in my head. They didn't have any answers. As far as they were concerned, I was dehydrated. A nurse missed my vein, an entire bag of IV fluid leaked into my lap, and she accused me of pissing myself. Poor shame. But then in comes this other doctor. So I'm going to interrupt
0: here just to move the story along. Neurologist gets in the room, holds up his finger, and says, "Okay, watch my finger. And so she follows the finger from the left to the right with her eyes and
1: apparently that neurologist didn't see my double vision as too concerned. this is
0: where i think she's wrong i think the doctor didn't believe her her symptoms are relatively benign she just passed that neuro exam he just performed and she's a young healthy adult what do you guys think what do you think the diagnosis is in
1: the next morning mom made me call my doctor and tell her what had happened
0: the big surprise the nurse of the doctor's office tells her get
1: some rest he just needs to rest that's what she said and then i called you back in tears, yeah. And I said, "Well, I guess this is my life now. I guess I just need to sleep this off." At this point, she snapped. I came home and literally, with it felt like within seconds, you burst through the door. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally did. I was like, "I'm out of here." And um, mom is not the type to roll over. Go, mom. She left work and took me back to the ER. This time at a different hospital. I just remember. Just a very quick, brief triage, questions about, you know, my bleeding. Like, it just felt like I didn't deserve to be there because I didn't know what was going on. Well, and I, I, honestly, I, was so I kind of thought you were overreacting. I was did like, you? oh God, she's going to cause a scene. I did
2: cause a scene. <laughs> you
0: did. Y'all, I am that lady. I
2: immediately informed them that I'd already talked to my attorney and that we weren't leaving until they figured out what was wrong with you. Okay, just
0: speaking from experience, I can guarantee you that at least half the staff, if not the majority, have labeled her a nut job.
1: Finally, we got in to see a nurse, and she did that same neuro test, holding her finger in front of my eyes, except she was doing it wrong. She
2: wasn't moving her finger. And at that point, I just lost my cookies, and I literally leaped out of my chair, and I said, no. And I had seen the... The neurologist the day before do
0: so even mom knows and how so to I do go, a neural no, no. So exam.
2: I knew a little bit about brains, so I did. I go, no, it's like this, and I and I did the exam, and she goes right there. I go, it's over here, you know. And so I did the exam. I, I literally pushed the lady out of the way. Uh, that's how crazy I was when my mom did the neuro test. My
1: eyes were all over the place, wiggling and not able to follow her finger.
0: That's called nystagmus, and that's why they finally...
1: They finally agreed to give me an MRI. The scan revealed a circular blood spot on my brain. A rupture of clobus cells called a cavernous angioma, sitting in my cerebellum on the right side. They said the words hemorrhagic stroke for the first time. Mm. And mm. then the nurse quickly left the room, and I had a panic attack. Was I about to die right now on this little metal table? How long can you live with a bleed in your brain anyway? My bleed was contained inside that clump of cells, at least for the time Mm. being. The clump had perhaps been there since I was born, and now it had filled with blood. They sent me home with some steroids and told me to check in in a few weeks. It didn't get better. I got worse. The brain bleed continued to grow. Eventually, I was unable to walk or see straight. I needed brain surgery to remove the bleeding clump of cells. And then months of rehab to relearn how to walk, talk, and do third grade math problems.
0: Damn, y'all. So that is just a fascinating story. Um, This is what I would not call a misdiagnosis, but a delayed diagnosis. And even though um, we definitely heard some instances of incompetence in the care she received um, from unfortunately a couple of nurses it sounds like uh, and possibly uh, some negligence on the part of the neurologist who did the uh, neuro exam with the finger. He was looking for that sign that she later developed when her mother was giving her the neuro examination. She couldn't follow her finger with her eyes, that's the nystagmus uh, sign we were talking about earlier. So, at the time of the story, six years later, the girl was recovering, doing well, because the story goes on to talk about how she met this gentleman who was a podcaster and who had dedicated himself to, uh, you know, reaching out to survivors of stroke, young people who had survived stroke, like himself and like her, um, connecting them with support um, as a group. And I thought that was just a really striking uh, parallel to what I'm trying to do here and also I thought her story was a parallel in some ways to what um, many people with Morgulon's disease go through in terms of uh, just encountering a uh, care environment that is perhaps distracted dismissive and which at times disdains the wisdom of patients prioritizing um You know, probably first, diagnostic testing. Second, physical examination and last uh, patient report. When in fact, it really probably should be the exact opposite order of prioritization. uh, Because people do know their own bodies, for the most part. The, The people who malinger and AKA lie to providers to get attention, those are the exception, not the rule. And we should really treat every patient as though they are credible. And I would also like to give a little bit of credit to the providers in this story because quite honestly, you know, there are limited resources. You can't send everybody with a headache that's 22 years old or whatever she was um, and some nausea for an, with no, no traumatic you know brain injury history. So there's probably not a concussion, you know. Um, you can't send everybody in for an MRI just because they don't feel good and they're scared like so you know you gotta play the bad guy sometimes and you do have to make judgment calls about the likelihood of um, those fears being materialized uh, the fears of the patient actually being grounded in something uh, truly severe life-threatening but um, this team that provided her care went uh, a little off the rails at the point where she reported double vision to the neurologist because that's not normal in the context of this clinical case that's not normal that can't be explained by um really anything that she's given you in terms of history and her medical history in general and her age and risk factors so that's where they should have had intervened with that MRI a little bit earlier so not quite a misdiagnosis but a delayed diagnosis and um, you know doctors are humans they're not gods and uncertainty unfortunately is always almost always an aspect of our lives whether it be our bodies and our health our uh, finances and our bank accounts our relationships jobs etc you know nothing is guaranteed um, except for what you can guarantee yourself um, so Yeah, just kind of wanting to share that really interesting story. It was from a show called The Pulse, uh, and it aired today on 90.1, which is like a, uh, you know, national public radio, I think. There was a lot of cool stories on that show, actually. If you're interested, do check it out. also want to share with you guys an interesting story about Dr. Susan Kolb K-O-L-B, from Atlanta. She's a plastic surgeon here um, in the area who's uh, been embroiled in uh, some scandals in the last few years, but I had not known about that until yesterday. I knew her as a plastic surgeon who was very vocal in her advocacy for what she claims is breast implant illness from silicone breast implants that many women suffer until they have their implants explanted, taken out, or other uh, therapies that she invented for this uh, implant illness she claims uh, exists and that she has suffered from herself as well as treated patients for successfully. I've always been skeptical but not dismissive of those claims but you know just sort of saying show me the science, show me the evidence that backs this up and why your interventions you know work. And I just uh, happened to, for whatever reason, was researching something about Morglons and came across uh, the more recent news about her um, experiences that sound like she is a targeted individual. Very interesting. Um, So stay tuned for that. Her claims are quite interesting and they sound like those of someone who is having the gang stalking experience. So for those listeners interested in that, that is coming up. Okay, I said I was going to share with you a story about Susan Kolb. It's a doctor from Atlanta, Georgia, who it sounds like is being gang stalked according to her reports. Um... Here's the story. Her plastic surgery and reconstructive surgery at center office is closed, according to Google. Um, and she is kind of viewed as a nut job now. This article is from Boss Hard Heart and Mar- Plastic Surgery Associates. Uh, this is their blog. Um, Breast Implant Illness and the Strange Case of Dr. Susan Cole, but this was reported Sunday, February 11th, 2018 uh, by Dr. Boss Hart's blog. Is there such a thing as, quote, breast implant illness, a unique condition found in women with breast implants? With over 5 million women with implants in the USA alone, this would seem to be an important question to answer. Are there women who have breast implants and experience a dizzying array of medical symptoms? Of course. As of 2010, over 5 million women in the US have had breast implants inserted in any group so large you're going to have women with all sorts of complaints or disorders the question then becomes are these caused by their implants all or in part or not that's a valid point the deliver for doctors and surgeons is walking that line between Blaming every symptom on breast implants and ignoring the issue altogether. The truth, as always, is undoubtedly somewhere in between. As a plastic surgeon who has always tried to practice evidence-based medicine with the best interest of his patients, foremost, the, treater will ha- the reader will have to trust me on this. I've been troubled for years by the reports by women and some medical practitioners of illnesses supposedly linked to breast implants. I know, as do all plastic surgeons, that implants are not 100% safe. Nothing in medicine is. Complications we are all familiar with include but are not limited to contracture of scar tissue around implants, leakage or rupture, visibility or palpability of the implants, malposition, development of calcium deposits on and around implants, and interference with... Mammograms. All of these are local phenomena, however, and do not necessarily reflect systemic toxicity or disorders in the immune system, which are the accusations made by women who claim their implants have made them sick. If you are a woman who believes her implants made her ill, to whom do you turn? Unfortunately, many women, whether rightly or wrongly, feel that their plastic surgeons and even other doctors dismiss their symptoms as imaginary or, if real, not related to their implants. They feel marginalized by a medical community that seems incapable of understanding them, or taking them seriously. The situation is tailor-made for someone like Dr. Susan Kolb. Again, the parallels with Morgulans, right? Being dismissed. Notice how it's women most of the time, ladies, that are getting dismissed just like uh, prior to the Me Too and I'm sure still after the Me Too. Women's voices, women's stories traditionally have been dismissed as not credible for basically no reason. So bear that in mind, men and women. Um, Dr. Kolb has established a practice which, if you believe her website and book, quote, The Naked Truth About Breast Implants From Harm to Healing, is ground zero for diagnosing and treating breast implant illness. She says that she draws patients from around the country and indeed from around the world seeking to be cured of their supposed implant-related illnesses. Her book recounts heartbreaking testimonials about the dangers of implants, including her own story and the cures she has achieved with her surgery and detoxification protocols. Now, as the late Paul Harvey would have said, for the rest of the story... Y'all know Paul Harvey? You're probably too young. Dr. Kolb claims to have treated over 3,000 patients made sick by their breast implants. She claims to have definitively established the diagnosis, cause, and treatment of breast implant illness. She has developed detoxification protocols in her practice for removing, quote, biotoxins, mold, fungi, bacteria, and toxic chemicals from women with implants. What are these protocols? We don't know. Dr. Kolb won't disclose them. The reason she gives is nothing as mundane as guarding a proprietary program or that she hasn't the time or inclination to publish them. No, the reason is publication would put her life in danger. Colleagues have repeatedly urged her to publish her data and treatment protocols or at least share them with her peers so that these can be subjected to peer review and if legitimate, utilized by others. Below is her response to such requests. These are direct quotes from Dr. Kolb herself in a public forum with other physicians. Okay, these are the quotes. I have not published as it is not safe to do so. I had two years of frequency weapon attacks after writing the book, The Naked Truth About Breast Implants. I was treated frequently, By a doctor who was an expert in this area and survived attacks that probably would have killed most people, according to FBI agents who spoke to me after they caught the group in Europe that were targeting me. I had two years of frequent break-ins to my home and business, GPS locators on my vehicles, bugs in my office, multiple reports with police telling me I was a target for assassination from the information gained from investigating the break-ins. And finally, the FBI getting involved prior to resolution of these events. Look up directed energy weapons. Some were used in Cuba recently. And they are most often used to silence whistleblowers as they create cancer, heart attack, and severe infections. Uh, He says it gets worse. There have been 60-plus holistic doctors who died in the last several years under mysterious... Circumstances because they were promoting or using a protein which had a high cure rate for cancer uh, another quote from dr kolb doctors have asked me to publish case reports but as i said earlier i do not consider it safe to do so if what i am saying is bunk then how do you explain my clinical success we could learn so much about all these diseases just by understanding silicone chemical and biotoxicity with intracellular infections Intracellular infections are politically incorrect as weaponized mycoplasma is the basis of our biological warfare system. Remember, please recall, intracellular infections are what the Morgulans, uh, Charles E. Holman Foundation claims causes Morgans via the Borrelia species and Bartonella and uh, Pylori, uh, the uh, Denticola, Trepanoma, all of those uh, spirochetes, they say that cause intracellular infections and that leads to the formation of biofilaments that we call morgulons. Um, yeah. So just, you know, a lot of parallels there. Uh, so Dr. Kolb does not provide anything to support the above claims. She does not explain who these people trying to kill her were or why they were doing this. The implication is that some shadowy group, the government, implant manufacturers, or quote, big pharma, are trying to silence her to protect their financial interests in providing dangerous implants to women. According to testimony below, she did not report these attempts to the police. All of this came to a head at Northside Hospital in Atlanta, which, by the way, is a pretty prestigious hospital, especially for obstetrics. Uh, Lots of women go to have their babies here at Northside Uh, But anyway, it says, um, so it all came to a head at Northside, where Dr. Kolb once held staff privileges. In June of this year, the final judgment was handed down by the Court of Appeals of the state of Georgia, upholding the hospital's dismissal, of Dr. Kolb, and revocation of her hospital privileges. The reason? Dr. Kolb admitted carrying a loaded gun around the hospital to protect herself from these alleged attacks and because there was a bounty on her head by the government or a silicone manufacturer. This made the hospital understandably nervous. If her allegations were true, they feared to shoot out in the hospital, placing patients and staff at risk. If they were not, and Dr. Kolb's mental state was suspect, and they did not feel comfortable with a paranoid physician carrying a loaded gun in their facility. It's reasonable. Uh, Dr. Kolb no longer has hospital privileges in any hospital. This is scary stuff, but if this were not enough, Dr. Kolb is quite open about her psychic powers and spiritual connections. Kolb has stated that years ago, a quote, spiritual guide spoke to her and told her to have her implants put in. She claims to do, quote, remote viewing, and that the military has sought her out to do this for them. In remote viewing, a person is given coordinates to a location somewhere in the world, goes into a darkened room, and uses their, quote, powers to travel in a disembodied manner to that location. They can then return and report what they, quote, saw there. She also claims to have psychic powers that enable her to find things. Can you find my keys, Susan? Uh, Anyway, Dr. Kolb has expanded her interest beyond plastic surgery and implants. She claims to have solved the riddle of autoimmune disorders such as rheumatoid arthritis, interstitial cystitis, Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, scleroderma, and multiple sclerosis. This is where we have to put on our skepticism hats, y'all. That's quite a claim. Um, Although the ultimate causes of all these have eluded generations of clinical researchers, Dr. Kolb has determined that they are all caused by intracellular infections and a variety of, quote, toxins, and claims her secret protocols cure these. More quotes from Dr. Kolb are below. I know the cause of fibromyalgia as I have many patients and not all with breast implants who no longer have the disease after treatment of the yeast mold or less frequently mycoplasma infections. Okay, yeah, again, evidence uh, would be helpful. She goes on to say she's cured basically every autoimmune disease and uh, the immune system needs to be restored. restored. Mold and silicone and chemical biotoxins need to be detoxed. Silicone gives us a great opportunity to say these illnesses too bad it is lost due to lack of critical thinking in most doctors who are too busy depending on their belief systems. Hmm, you know, could be right, but again, where's the research? Where's the data? Dr. Kolb uses applied kidney... Kinesiology is one of her methods of diagnosing implant-related problems. Oh Lord! Applied kinesiology is a fringe area of medical practice utilized primarily by chiropractors, naturopaths, and holistic health professionals. It has been thoroughly discredited as a reliable means of making diagnoses. That's true. There is more, but the picture is pretty clear. Dr. Kolb is clearly an unconventional doctor. She does not hold a very high opinion of what her more traditional medical peers. She states, "We say that the majority of doctors have been brainwashed by their societies and the mainstream media, rather than seriously investigating this problem." Could be true, could be not true, you know, it's her opinion. I have no reason to doubt her sincerity, but I do have real reservations about her methodology, not to mention her grasp on reality. Is this really the person women claiming breast implant illness want as their champion and spokesperson? Her reason for refusing to reveal details of her practice or make her results public sounds more like something out of a Robert Ludlum novel than a doctor practicing evidence-based medicine. Her response to legitimate questions about her methodology and conclusions is to deluge the questioner with a barrage of rhetoric, attack the questioner, claim persecution by the quote establishment, or simply refuse to answer. It is not the first time I have seen a physician practicing questionable medicine resort to such tactics to avoid having to provide answers to these questions. I find that to be a legitimate point. Women who flock to Dr. Kolb and others like her Are desperate for answers and relief And willing to suspend any concerns they may have About her odd persona and unorthodox methods Of that I have no doubt They feel that allopathic medicine has failed them so far And in that they may be right Allopathic medicine just means western medicine I also have no doubt that some are helped we know the placebo effect means that as many as 20 to 30% of people will respond positively to even worthless treatments, but I also believe that even the most pessimistic numbers would show that only a very small percentage of women have complaints of a systemic illness possibly related to their implants on the order of 1% to 2%. Based on 28 years of experience with breast implants, I am also confident that in many women who are ill and have implants, the illness has nothing to do with their implants. I suspect that nearly every woman who has implants and doesn't feel well will be told by Dr. Kolb that their implants are to blame. I fear that many will undergo unnecessary unnecessary necessary and possibly disfiguring surgery as a result just sidebar here she was sued by three patients for medically unnecessary surgery uh, I believe this same year 2018 um, dr. Cole performs extensive lymph node removal to treat breast implant illness this is a major operation with potentially serious after-effects big time I'm unaware of any studies that show that this is appropriate or effective does breast implant illness really exist? The honest answer is, we really don't know. It may occur, but probably in only a very small percentage of women with implants. We need better epidemiologic studies by legitimate, rational doctors and researchers at reputable medical centers. Doctors like Susan Kolb certainly aren't helping to resolve the issue. Women with breast implants in whom the possibility of breast implant illnesses surfaces deserve better than this. I tend to agree with this doctor. Um... It's an interesting story though, just because of the parallels uh, with Morgulons uh, and yet again, another contested uh, physical ailment such as breast implant sickness It's not clear whether or not that's real. Other than the fact that there is a rare form of lymphoma that has def- definitively been shown uh, to have a link with silicone breast implants. Uh, very rare, very rare. Um, but still, uh, it really makes one think You know, could there be something to her claims? I just found it interesting that she referred to the microwave attacks in Cuba and claimed to have been uh, victimized by that and gang stalking. Uh, She was actually in the military, I believe, at one point earlier in her life. Uh, I tend to believe that this lady is not... Uh, being persecuted Even if she believes she's being persecuted I do not know I have no idea Like I said we would need evidence to say that with any confidence But my hunch is just that She has a financial Stake in uh, Guarding her um, Questionable methods As he said you know of, of treatment And diagnosis And um, you know A lot of people that may be reporting gang stalking have absolutely no reason to report uh, their stories, their experiences with the gang stalking, Uh, and in fact, they're highly disincentivized from reporting those experiences, knowing the response of their community, friends, family uh, will be skepticism, if not outright uh, rejection. So, and I, you know, ostracism. So. You know I don't know personally I uh, no longer feel uh, arrogant enough to make such claims as knowing the truth I can only say what's probable and think she's probably a nut job and a crook but again do not know um anyway I know these are a little bit tangential uh, pieces today on this Sunday this gloomy freezing cold Sunday but I really appreciate you hanging out with me and tuning in to learn more about other people's stories with uh, having contested uh, conditions or controversial conditions uh, like Morgulans. Uh Very interesting. All right. Have a great, great evening and a great Monday tomorrow. Stay tuned.